0: Morphin Legacy presents The Grid.
1: Howdy Ranger Nation, this is Shattery22, Vice President of MorphinLegacy.com. Welcome you to another grid ranking, where we'll be ranking our top five best and worst canon romances. AKA our straightest episode ever! Homophobic. I hate it. We had to limit it to canon romances because if we didn't, it would be super chaotic. Half the list would be just, oh my god, they looked at each other. That means they're in love.
2: I'm not that kind of fucking sh- shipper thank you
1: very much joining me in this grid ranking is austin hello and amber oh hello so how this will work is that we'll each take a turn and reveal our picks in descending order and repeat until all our picks are revealed we'll talk about our top five best picks first and then we'll move on to our top five worst so let's start with my fifth best romance which is mara and dustin from power rangers ninja storm
2: thanks for the energy bows girlfriend our plan
1: was like a charm. You can thank the dumb, dumb ranger for that. You lied to me. Well, duh.
0: Dustin was the only one who trusted you, who saw any good in you, and this is how you pay him back? That's low, even for you.
2: Hey, it's not my fault he's dumber than me. (laughs) Ha ha!
1: Alrighty, so Mar and Dustin, oh my gosh, they're both the goofballs of their respective teams. So it kind of made sense to put those two together because they're both the dumb dumbs and they know it. They're the bimbos.
2: They do not have very many brain cells between them. I think they share
1: one brain cell. So the basis of this ship is that Mara has had it officially with being evil. And then for some reason, she's walking in a motocross place where they all motocross. And then Dustin's like, what's that girl doing over there in the bad wig? So he saves her. So she's like, okay, maybe I should turn over no leaf. But gasp. It was all a trick to power up her friends. Because let's be real, they weren't going to make Mara good that early. I knew that from the
0: get. Even Teenage You was not fooled by that.
1: I know the show. They're not going to break the status quo that early on. But it, she really made you believe that she was going to turn over a new leaf with that acting. I know. I cried. I know. And it made me feel so bad for Dustin too because she's like, Oh, he's such a dumb dumb. He fell for it. And then you see Dustin crying and I'm like, Oh, my heart.
2: I legit ass cried and I was a whole ass teenager when that came out. It was so sweet as a Dustin fan. I felt for him because everybody treated him like crap.
1: Oh, yeah, everyone thought he was the dumb dumb, and it's like, oh, she doesn't treat me like a dumb dumb, and then she starts calling me a dumb dumb.
0: Take a shot every time Ray says dumb dumb. You're already drunk.
1: (laughs) But all is not lost because after the episode ends, and everyone's like congratulating Mara for being a bitch to Dustin, like, congrats, Mara, you are really a bitch. Good for you. Good for you. Really good. Very good. You kind of see that she does kind of feel bad, so she might have a little thing for Dustin's for realsies. Well, Mara, I must say I'm impressed. You may have failed, but at least you did it with Star. Did
2: you see the look on the yellow ranger's face when she called him a (laughs) (laughs) dum-dum?
1: The way you gained his trust and then cut him down. Yeah. What a performance. (laughs) Yeah, I sure got him good. Wait a minute. You like him.
2: You really, really like him. That is a lie. I'm evil through and through. And don't you forget it.
1: But then we learn in the finale, she actually does.
2: You know, the Yellow Ranger. I was
1: just wondering, is he still mad at me? Because I think he's really cute, and I think we Can talk about you? this later. So, my negative nugget for Mara and Dustin is they really don't focus on their relationship that much. It's literally only in All of that Evil in the finale. I
0: kind of feel like them getting more than two episodes of focus. It's just too powerful.
1: It's too powerful. <laughs> The ultra Zard's gonna blow. <laughs> Alrighty, that's my number five pick. Austin, what is your number five pick? My number five pick is Izzy and
0: Fern. Wait up, Iz. Is- oh, sorry, I gotta scram. My girlfriend's following me everywhere. Wait, that's you, <laughs> awkward.
1: Yes, our only gay canon relationship. I really do
0: like Izzy and Fern. They're really cute. They've had a lot of sweet moments. And uh, Izzy's coming out scene where she just held fern's hand it was so natural and casual and honestly handled extremely well i want to see more scenes of them we've had a few scenes there was the scene with the coming out episode essentially and then what episode was that with the crossed wires quizzing and they have a scene at the beginning and the end we just haven't had enough time to spend with them yet they're there they're a good taste they just need to marinate a little bit more and that's why they only made number five
1: they're only two episodes worth of content so but
0: that's my negative nugget not enough time with them yet i hope we get to see fern more in season two and maybe a good episode kind of drama would be them maybe being on the rocks but then reaffirming their love for each other at the end of the episode
1: or maybe what the episode they usually do when ranger dates a civilian he's too busy doing ranger stuff well where are you always going away at random time yes That's a good trope. Yeah, that's a usual trope for ranger romance when one of them's a civilian. I wouldn't mind to see that. Alrighty, Amber, what's your number five?
2: My number five is Lucas hair gel. Hey, Lucas. You think you used enough hair gel? Give me that that is a canon ship i don't care what the fuck you say they're the otp for the ages they have more chemistry than most mighty Morphin couples (laughs) billy Celestria! and also hair gel just kind of makes lucas a better man and honestly homeboy needs that i don't really have any negatives other than the fact that hair gel is not an actual human
0: i wish a man would
1: look at me the way that lucas looks at hair gel
2: honestly and truly
1: honestly a negative nugget could be that hair gel isn't really good for your hair so that might be doing some bad stuff to Their hair in the future. If you wash it out, it's fine for your hair. And I'm sure there's
0: some hair gel that's actually healthy for your hair.
1: Well, in 2001, that kind of hair gel? No. They still make that kind of hair gel that sells just fine. I know his hair felt like cement. It just, when you touch it, it sounds like a piece of crinkle paper. We had a discussion about this and we let Amber have this because she made a good argument. We limited it to straighties.
2: And I can't be held back by that. I'm too chaotic bisexual. Like, just, I can't.
1: Now that the canon ship is Nadir and Joe from Hyperforce, Lucas gotta go be with somebody. Do not get me started. We will circle back to that. Alrighty, so on to my number four, which is Dylan and Summer from Power Rangers RPM. Dylan, no. If we don't get out of here now. You're right, you need to go now. I'm not leaving here without you. Why are you always trying to save me? Because you're worth saving. (laughs)
0: Looks like neither of us is leaving.
1: the taste isn't their mama what? because Dylan and Ziggy are the superior ship in your opinion I mean have you watched the show I know but this is the canon ship but I can say I think that they have the
2: chemistry of a sack of potatoes am I wrong
1: I put it in number four on my list they start off with hot tension Dylan's arrested for being in hybrid but summer sees that Dylan could be a good operator for the ranger series operator black powers so she talks to him and she eventually talks him into it their dynamic starts off with snarky with each other. So it's a little bit like a straight Charlie. Do not even compare. Da, da, da. Miss
0: Babb, do not even. We're not going there. Y'all are just heterophobes. That's
1: what it is. <laughs> and, and what? And what? And what? You're the one that wanted it to be limited to canon romances, Austin. So don't try me. Don't out me like that. That's homophobic. All right. So over time, their relationship develops. Summer becomes more gentle with Dylan while he still has his shield up. So the relationship is very Beauty and the Beast in a sense but Dylan is actually hot unless you're a furry. We then get an almost kiss when they're in that little prison area and it's about to explode and then they almost kiss but the whalezord fucking splooges all over them and they get wet.
0: You're trying to tell me that that was hot and then you refer to something as splooging on them? Well, before that, I'm not saying that the whalezord splooging on them
1: was the hot part.
0: I... We'll say that scene is cute, but that's kind of all there really is. They don't really get anything else after that.
2: All of Dylan's time is either worrying about his sister. There's the Ziggy stuff, and then sometimes fighting with
0: Scott. You want to talk about sexual tension, Mama. Dylan and Scott? Huh,
1: huh. Again, that could have been on the list, but you're like canon romances only. I did. And this is why. I mean, they do go on that little road trip after they save the day. That's because they wanted to put in a nice little hetero bow on it. I would have liked them more if they did more with them.
0: I'll say that.
2: I'm not completely against a hetero ship. It's just when they don't do anything and they get rewarded.
0: It needs to have flavor.
1: Alrighty, so Negative Nuggets. For some reason early on, they attempted a love triangle scenario with Scott, Summer and Dylan. Even they were aware that it wasn't working, so they just wrapped it up in one episode. Even though they're a scene dedicated to them i wouldn't mind seeing an actually well done love
0: triangle in power rangers if there were two rangers that are best friends that both have a crush on a girl that would be good
2: but we've seen that. When? Constantly. Literally just watched an episode where Rangers that were best friends have a love triangle over a villain girl.
0: I mean, an actual romance love triangle.
1: A legit love triangle where it's not one sided and it's their obvious choice.
2: But the thing is, I just hate love triangles because they're so overdone. Polyamory exists.
1: All right, so that was my number four. So, Austin, what is your number
0: four? My number four is better than Dylan and Summer. It is Tyler and Shelby. Oh my
2: god, me too. What are you doing? We need to go!
1: I have to find the red energy. It's the only way to stop Sledge.
0: I'll come
2: with you. No. The others need the Plesiozord and all the Ranger strength we can find. But you can't
1: do it alone! I don't want to do it alone. But I have to, and we both know it. Tyler! Tyler!
0: This is an example of a romance on the show that has really good buildup and pretty good payoff. They have so many cute moments, like their picnic and wishing for a hero that just goes wrong. I don't know. They just have so many moments in between where they're looking at each other all cute and blushy. And This is a heterosexual ship I will die for. I will die for one heterosexual couple.
2: One deserves rights.
0: And this is the one. Aside from cute moments too, they also have some real dramatic moments like the season one finale where they're on the ship and Shelby's like, Tyler!
1: That's drama.
0: That is drama. They sell this acting. They sell the pairing. They really make you care about these two characters and I loved every second.
1: Do you have any negative nuggets?
0: They didn't kiss. That's valid. I don't have any issues with any of their scenes, any of their arcs, nothing. Why didn't they kiss? That's it. They should have kissed in the finale.
1: Amber, do you have anything else to say since that was your number four?
2: Yeah. My notes are, they they are the most adorable red pink. I'm sorry, Wes and Jen, I love you, but you were well, too dramatic. Tyler Shelby is the best. It's most fulfilling for me because they actually kind of got their ending and got to be together.
1: Yeah, it's not as angsty as Wes and Jen were.
2: Wes and Jen is great. They're really dramatic. I love the drama, but Tyler and Shelby, I like because they're just adorable. I root for them. The actors have fucking disgusting good chemistry. I would have been surprised if they weren't dating at some point.
1: Brenna was married when that Church was filming, so.
2: This point could be a negative, but it also could be a positive. I kind of like that Tyler and Shelby kind of both got a little bit jealous if someone tried to get all of Bonds. Tyler got super jealous of Ivan because he thought, And then Shelby, of course, was kind of a little bit jelly too. I don't think Tyler ever
1: met on another woman before.
2: No, I think that's why she did the princess thing. Wasn't it Kendall gonna do, do the princess thing? And she's like, no, no, I'll do it.
0: No way. I refuse to pretend to be a whiny spoiled princess
1: well it sounds like you don't have to pretend
0: uh but Shelby you have to yeah
1: how else are we gonna lure fury in close enough to get the Terra charger back
0: mm-hmm
2: that's fine I'll do it thank you
1: Them,
0: isn't it uh, maybe i should play the princess <laughs> just so we can get the terror charger
1: back Alrighty, we talked about the best red and pink so let's talk about the best red and yellow romance so my number three is andros and ashley from power rangers in space going somewhere oh hey i was just um andros you can't leave
0: I have to try. Look, if I don't see you again,
2: I will see you again. Right. Surprise, surprise.
0: I'm
1: gooped. So this is a very nostalgic ship for me, considering Power Rangers in space is my ship. It's the first season I remember watching Vividly as a child when it aired. So backstory on these two, these two met during the premiere of In Space when the Astro Mega shuttle docked with the mega ship. And their first face-to-face interaction was when he demorphed after fighting Quantrons. And she's like, ooh. You're human. Yeah, and then (laughs) Cassie's like mocking her and she's like,
2: You're... human! (laughs) I didn't know! You could've been a giant
1: lizard! So yeah, these two have a very cute dynamic. Andres is a fish out of water on Earth and is very confused by a lot of things, especially bananas because you literally see him try to eat a skinned banana. And Ashley's usually the one that does it and it's very cute. And they're also a cute support system for each other because Andres is usually, oh, Mr. Angsty down the mud because his sister. And she's like, hey, let's go see a movie. That'd be fun. Let's get distracted by that. There's actual payoff in this relationship. We see them holding hands. When and the group goes to a romantic movie and a date with danger, and we get to see them go on a late night date themselves in a line in the sand. So, yeah, they actually end up in a relationship, but negative nuggets. Of course, they had to have a motherfucking triangle. Zane comes in and he has to flirt with Ashley, and then he gets super jelly, but it doesn't last long though. And it's just that one episode, so I guess we got that. Alrighty, righty, what is your number three?
0: My number three, and I said I would circle back to this, is Nadira and Lucas. Hey, baby! What's up? You're late.
1: Yeah, well, I had to nap. All right, eat.
0: What's that smell? I guess I should have showered this
1: week. Well... (laughs) Oh, come on. Don't be mad.
2: Hey, I brought you something.
1: That's more like it. Ew. Mm. Mm. It's my laundry. Think you can have it done by tomorrow? Don't look at me. I'm broke.
2: Broke? That does it.
1: Hey, does that mean you're not doing my laundry? Actually, Nadira and Joe end up together in Hyperforce.
0: I will get to that. Let me start with the good. <laughs> Nadira's dream date, period. It is so good. It is so fun and goofy. That is the exact kind of content I always want out of Power Rangers.
1: Not only being like
0: a fun, goofy episode, it gives me a villain ranger romance. And I always love those, like Astronomy and Zane. And showing them in Wild Force also that they're still kind of linked is cute too.
1: It's revisited, even though Max for some reason has his scene before that i'm like girl max is with danny what the fuck and yeah okay let's get into it because i have more
0: of a rant about this the negative hyperforce retconning this romance just so they can pair nadira with their stupid ass oc
2: i'm sorry yoshi i love you but this fucking shit
0: i do not care if it's yoshi i do not care how any listeners or whoever will find this loves joe with nadira it is not canon hyperforce is a fucking rpg that they improvised it is not canon enjoy
1: hyperforce
0: you do you but the fact that hyperforce came in here and fucked up canon couples and all this other shit just to be like oh we're in this silly goofy mood. we're just messing around no that is bullshit and i
1: think that pisses me off more because don't they also time travel and fuck up countdown they literally destroyed dark Spectre during the United Alliance of Evil conference in the premiere episode of In Space and then the villain of Hyperforce steals Zordon so he's not destroyed. So yeah it pretty much fucks up the timeline so it being canon kind of fucks up everything in the Power Rangers universe. It could be it's own universe it could be it's own canon but putting this in the main dimension just fucks everything up Dino Charge can be it's own universe so can Hyperforce
0: Going further into negative about this in Sense of the future the graphic novel it is basically hyperforce canon to where nadira and joe are a thing
1: and then they mention the hyperforce project it's kind of a prequel to hyperforce
0: and alpha 54 shows up too and i will absolutely circle back to that graphic novel in
1: my next pick all right amber what is your number three
2: my number three is something we've talked about already but i have a couple little baby points but they're similar it's *Izzy and fern because we love Love canon lesbians in this podcast
1: it is our one gay canon romance
2: we have to take our nuggets where we can get them but it also helps that they feel really realistic and organic i would love if a gay romance is just the focus because that would be a nice change i like that they're not a spectacle
1: i mean there was that one scene with amelia where she was like oh look at them but it's not like them doing that every two seconds
2: they were doing something cute around them so i felt that was an okay place for her to make a comment about it i
1: think it was just the Reveal of them being in a relationship instead of them just being in a relationship, and all the straighties around them being like, "Oh
2: yay!" I love that it wasn't just a whole story of, "Oh Izzy kind of likes this girl, but they're not together." You don't find out that she is a lesbian until they're like, "Yeah, this is my girlfriend." We're like, "Oh, this happened off screen, okay?"
1: They didn't eleven hour it like they could have.
2: Yeah, and it's very blatant. It's like, no, this is my girlfriend. Kiss on the cheek. Thank you. I know we're probably never gonna get a regular kiss but we can't even get that with the row, so i'm fine
1: it's equal opportunity i'm not going to complain that the gays can't kiss because the straights can't kiss in this show
2: if no one kisses that's fine i would rather nobody kiss than only one side get to kiss unless they were the gays i think that they are really cute i think they have really good chemistry kind of also what austin was mentioning is i do kind of hope fern learns that izzy's a ranger because you know they had that little beat with chase and kaylee i think that was really well done so i think a similar kind of situation would be really cute or if there was another ranger to be had it could be be Fern. I know there's not but I'm just saying that would be really cute.
0: What would be cool is if uh, there's a scene similar to how Dr. Kana learns that Ollie is the Blue Ranger where they demorph. Fern takes a stand.
1: Maybe the finale all the allies and friends and family members can help in the final battle against whatever the final bad is gonna be.
2: I just would like to see her become more of a full-fledged ally so they can get more screen time. And then I think the only negative that I have is that the series is still airing and we don't have anything else. I do hope that this is just the beginning.
1: Give us one every season. There's no excuse now. You opened up your can of worms, Hazro. Now you gotta give us one every season. If you had
2: to force that hetero stuff down my throat, I better have
1: some homos too. You gotta make up for 27 seasons of these straight relationships you're throwing at us. So my number two is Tyler and Shelby. I was kind of surprised y'all left Tyler and Shelby so low on your list. Mine's number two, bitch. My top two are pretty big. I had other feelings. So Tyler and Shelby are an example of doing something the Sentai gives Gives you and cranking it up to eleven, because in the Sentai, Tyler and Shelby Sentai counterparts, Daigo and Amy get together in the end, and I mean in the end, I'm literally nothing. <laughs>
2: and then there was the love triangle with Yayoi that was probably one of my biggest critiques
1: of Kyoto the relationship starts to develop around the time of the final battle where all of a sudden Amy wants to get parfaits with Daigo and then BAM they're married in the hundred year after special they're
0: still alive 100 years later
1: they're descendants because they have their children Tyler and Shelby meet when they both get their energy near Samson Caves and the two hit it off but our POV in this budding relationship is through where we see her get the hots and is all fluttered like in the Royal Ranges like we said we also get what I I think is one of the cutest moments between the two in Wishing for a Hero where Shelby wishes for a date with Tyler and Shenanigans and Sue and Shelby's like <laughs> I think I got them all
0: you good? yeah talk about a terrible date I, I mean uh, a date is that what you think this is? no of course
1: not. <laughs> that was cute. It was very cute. But of course, it has to be ruined because Tyler wishes for his dad and then we see him. Boo, why would you wish for him?
2: fucking james navarro ruining my life one more fucking time
1: he's literally just sits on a bench for two seconds and then he just runs away we don't see him again until he shows up in dino supercharge that's never explained by the way but it's not all one-sided Tyler gets some moments early on throughout the season where we see that he also likes her like when he's all jelly that she's giving ivan attention and a coat similar to him in seeker swim ivan looks better in it though oh yeah you could definitely tell that coat was made for ivan we also get confirmation that Tyler likes Shelby in the Silver Secret when Shelby wants to try it for the NZ boys, and she's also soft alerting with Rada the whole time. But the two would confirm their feelings in the same episode, and they almost kiss, but of course, they have to get blocked. Them auditioning together was also so cute. Alright, so my negative nuggets. Shelby almost kind of did a problematic thing in Ghosts with Emosis, where she so happened to have jammed the Dino Cupid Charger in her Dino Charge Morpher, and she asks Tyler to help get it out, yeah, sure. How's that problematic? She almost uses the dino cupid charger to make him fall in love with her, so non consensual love. Did she mean to do that though, or was it just an accident?
0: What I will give you that she absolutely meant to do love at first fight when she spills that smoothie on Miss Thing that was on purpose.
2: That was on purpose. That was shady as fuck.
1: That was totally on purpose, yeah. Also, a big missed opportunity in Here Come Hexamus. Tyler is trying to break the evil elf spell off Shelby, and he's very emotional and talking about all the good times they had together. He should have kissed her to break the spell. For Christ's sake, why are you so kissophobic? The fact that we're begging for straight kisses in 2022. That's how you know Tyler and Shelby are so powerful. Alrighty, Austin, what is your number two?
0: My number two is Sledge and Poissandra.
1: Every intergalactic
2: bounty hunter needs a girl like you, Poissandra. Smart, beautiful,
0: so Sledge and Poissandra, they just, ugh, villain villain romance, literally inject that shit into my veins. And these two are so cute. They have so much back and forth banter. They're so cute. All Poissandra wants is a wedding, but Sledge just wants the energy, So that's a good conflict for them. And they do get their wedding and Sledge is in a fucking tux and it is the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, that whole scene is so funny. I'm
1: getting married, and he's like, my poisy
0: poop poop.
2: When we first saw the first images of Sledge, I was like, what a fucking chode. Oh, how I was wrong.
1: I remember the first trailer we got for Dino Charge, and I'm like, oh, original villain, but he seems pretty generic. Until so we see the show, and he's just a big dumb goof that likes asteroids. And I'm like, yes, I love him. I would die for him. And yeah, just their whole wedding scene is so cute. His tux, like I said,
0: <laughs> Boy Sandra's in a fucking gown. And then when he opens up the little container, for the ring which is a dark energy, it's missing and Lysandre just screams and it like zooms in on her face it's so funny <laughs> she's like oh! and not to mention their love is so strong that Sledge had a uh, gay BFF made for Poissandra.
1: He made Curio to distract her because he wanted to get the inner gems. It was still out of love.
0: I would love for Sludge and Poissandra to come back in Dino Fury. Bring them back, have them blow up via bomb, and have them say, it's a bomb. Every season, I don't care. Don't even listen to the fandom. Just do it. I do have a little negative nugget, though. Just a little one.
1: It's a will nugget.
0: It's not a big nugget. It's a willow nugget. <laughs> he's son clic off Oh, no! In the Ninja Steel premiere, Sludge and Poissandra show up, and then they're not in the rest of the season, which is just a cock tease. That was so upsetting.
1: Until the holiday special, which is 21 episodes later. What
0: was the reason? What was the reason?
1: Well, I know the actual reason. It's because their original plan for Super Ninja Steel was to have a team up with Dino Charge, but that was changed to Dimensions in Danger.
0: I hate that. They should have just kept the Dino Charge team up.
1: Are you kidding me? they kind of cock teased us with first super ninja Steel trailer where we see and a surprising twist you'll never see coming and it's like your back oh you came back to fix the ship and then just blew up in the holiday special yay don't get me wrong i love the poisey show but that's it could you fucking wave sledge and Poisandra in our faces just to have them in two episodes
0: also waving these better villains in our face over the ones in the season that they're showing up in
1: at least when they came back in beast morphers they had a good villain team to bounce off of because making bed is so good them bouncing off each other was real fun
0: oh yeah they all have their good quips
1: yeah that's my number two all right amber what is your number two my
2: number two is rita and zed
0: what beauty what's magnificence where did you come from fair lady of my dreams it worked oh Zed dear you remember me i'm rita Repulsa, one of your faithful and
1: seeking you for so long I love you fair creature say you'll be my wife Oh, only two?
2: My number one will be perfectly understandable once we get to that. They're iconic. They're the dream team. And really kind of what made them really go to number two for me was the fact that Rita did have to use a love potion.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I feel like they grow to actually kind of like each other.
1: That is confirmed. In the episode of the Potion Ocean from season three, Zed gets an antidote to the love potion and it's revealed that he does really love Rita.
0: My lord!
1: Rita tricked you into marriage with a love potion! No, Goldie! don't true! Give him the antidote!
0: Oh. Golda, have you lost your mind? This little witch is the best thing that ever happened to
1: me! Oh, my, my lord! Your marriage is a sham! She deceived you! She's a wolf in sheep's clothing! Venus, Golda! Apologize! But yeah. it's true! Why should I? Do it!
0: All right,
1: I'm sorry. Your heinousness. You know, maybe old Ed really does love Rita. Yeah.
2: I do love so much about them because they do really bicker like we're always married. It's super great because he's supposed to be this great big tower evil because in the beginning she was scared of him but then she was like, no, fuck you.
1: Rita technically worked for Zed at first and then he fucking yeeted her in a space for most of season two and then she just comes back, takes over and gets married.
2: And that was the best thing. That's really it. They're just amazing. I love them, but my number one is my number one for a reason. I don't really have too much negative to say. I mean, they're that way for a reason. Thrax. I think Thrax, is probably the actual worst thing that they did. Alrighty, so that is
1: Amber's number two. My number one, to quote RuPaul from Tu Wong Fu, we have a tie! Because I cannot choose. So my number one is Rita and Zed and Sledge of Poissandra.
2: I think that's just because you were greedy and wanted to put more.
0: You greedy bitch.
1: I put these two together because they're very similar iconic villain couples. So I'll tell you why these two are very similar. Both of them are a couple that consists of an original villain and a Sentai character. Both are a villain couple from dinosaur seasons. Both are affectionate couples. Both are very shady with each other. Both had iconic weddings. Both would cameo in seasons after their own season. Reed and Zed would show up in Zeo, the Turbo movie and in its Space. And Sledge and Poissandra would show up in Super Ninja Steel and Beast Morphers.
0: Their scene in the Turbo movie, though, is unmatched, truly.
1: Poissandra would actually compare the two in Making Bad when they're looking through old clips, when they're talking about which villain they should revive hey at least he had
2: a nice wedding with rita i bet her husband can spend more time with his asteroids than with his wife
1: which was pretty great because i always used to compare them and i'm like oh my gosh you're actually doing it in the show yes Time for my negative nuggets. For Sledge and Poissandra, Sledge and Poissandra barely get anything in Dino Supercharge since Sledge is presumed dead for most of it and doesn't return until episode 17. They do get an iconic wedding though.
0: She lets him have it, which is one of my favorite scenes in Dino Supercharge. She like, pushes him over. <laughs> it's so funny.
1: So for Reed and Zed, Rita and Zed's relationship is based on Rita giving Zed a love potion to get him down the aisle. So it's not really consensual at first. But yeah, he does get a potion eventually and it's revealed that he does really love her. Austin, what is your number one pick?
0: My number one pick, shocking really, is Wes and Jen.
2: I wish you could stay.
1: Me too, but we both know I can't.
0: I want you to have this, Wes. Don't ever forget me. never could. long time ago i love you
2: i love you too i wish i could live another thousand years so we could be together
0: again i con Ik. Period. There is a lot of drama that is really good writing and honestly the most compelling romance in the franchise for me because their love actually crosses over time and space, bitch. Literally. And also starts with Jen losing who she thought was the love of her life and then being thrust into the past and this dangerous situation, and then finding his ancestor who looks just like him. And so she's dealing with. With that grief, but also with these growing feelings for someone that looks like him.
1: That must have been super triggering. Oh, yeah. Your fiancé just died, and then you have to be around a guy that looks exactly like him all the time.
0: And Erin Cahill sells it. She definitely makes you feel everything that Jen is feeling. They have a lot of really cute moments like Time Force Trader, where they're making the cookies, and then Wes holds up the thing while he stirring
1: it Ugh. in his tank top
0: or when they're just goofing around in the clock tower taking pictures and he kisses her cheek just stuff like that i love in love strike rangers which we just did a commentary on and she's like the
2: dna is a perfect match to a mutant named Contemptra. take a look she can put guys under a love spell then
0: west is under a love spell that's great hmm? i mean that's horrible this whole season makes you really feel for their characters and their relationship together to the point where their goodbye in the finale is like so emotional and heartbreaking and that also leads into my negative nugget about them not fucking kissing fuck tommy and kimberly this is the power rangers couple this is the couple that should have kissed period and going back to sins of the future the graphic novel they also
1: don't kiss there that is the one thing you should have had on your priority list for that and you didn't even give us that the graphic novel even though it is nothing
0: like how it's marketed but it's marketed as just a love story between wes and jen and how they can stay together despite living being thousands of years apart
1: it's not about that at all it's about alex's emo sister that gets the time force black morpher and tries to kill jen in the past
0: it also doesn't really make a lot of sense it's really fucking stupid at this point i'm kind of just convinced that if they were to kiss they would just break the reality of time probably
2: that is a doomed love affair
1: it's way too powerful. Amber, what is your number one?
2: Surprise, surprise. It is Sledge and Poisy. Of course. Like, if Rita and Zed are gonna be number two, who the fuck you think would be my number one?
1: I'm a little surprised that put Rita in a top two pick instead of a one pick.
2: I think Sledge and Poisey have a more healthy relationship dynamic than Rita and Zed usually did. So, this is why. Also, if we had to pick an aesthetic for me, obviously, Poisey is my aesthetic. Also, I love how Sledge is so stupidly in love with Poisey. He just is dumb in love with her. And also, pink and green supremacy. Obviously, we've all talked about it. I love- them. Obviously, Rita and Zed's iconic. They've obviously had more room to breathe because they carried over in a shit ton of seasons. But it does say something that Sledge and Poisey are so impactful for only having that little bit of time that they had with us.
1: They had one full season. They had four episodes of Dino Supercharged. They had two episodes of Super Ninja Steel and two episodes of Beast Morphers.
2: Let me put a question out to you, Ray. When they announced something, who are you more excited for? Are you more excited for Zed? Are you more excited for Sledge?
1: I like Sledge more than I love Zed. When I saw Lord Zed coming back for Dino Fear, I'm like, eh. If I saw Sledge, Sledge come back for Dino Fury, even though we've seen him two seasons in a row after a season, and be like, yes! Where's my lightning collection Sledge has, bro?
2: There you go, that's why. Same thing, I love Rita, but if I see Poisey, I am instantly happier, because she's beautiful.
1: Again, this is a Dino Charge Stan podcast, first and foremost.
2: It's a controversial yet brave opinion, because we all know how much I do love Rita Repulsa. I do. If I had to pick one out of the fire, I'm probably also gonna be stuffing that Rita down a shirt pocket, like, into my bra, but like, I'm gonna grab the Poiseys. So closely but i'm not a chicken shit and put them in the same fucking listing ray
1: i couldn't pick between the two i'm sorry but they also
2: gave you an extra fucking spot so you didn't have to limit it down
1: whatever it's my show i'll do whatever the fuck i (laughs) want i didn't do the same for worst do you have any negative nuggets
2: no because they're basically perfect in every way they should just put in more stuff
1: Alrighty, so those are our top five best picks we'll take a quick commercial break and come back with our top five worst romances oh it's gonna get spicy (laughs)
2: Hey everybody, I'm Brennan Mejia, aka Tyler Navarro from Power Rangers Dino
1: Charge, and you're listening to The Grid. Dino Charger, ready! We're back with the worst, cause let's be real, this is what you've been waiting for. You don't give a fuck about what we think is the best. You really want to know the tea about what we think is shit. So I will go first with my fifth worst romance, which is Mike and Emily from Power Rangers Samurai. What about you, Emily? Oh, no
0: major plans. I'm just excited I get to go home and take care of my sister. There's no other place I'd
1: rather be than home with family. (laughs) Mike? Tell him where you're
0: going. Kinda thought I'd go with Emily.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh what? You know, in case she needs help moving her stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
1: sounds fun. You can like Samurai all you want but you gotta admit that Mike and Emily as a romance is kind of shit. That's because Mike's a douchebag. Yes that but they were only a couple because their Sentai counterparts ended up together so like everything in Samurai they had to follow the Sentai and do what they did but they took stuff out but they didn't put stuff back in. So yeah they didn't really do anything to develop their relationship. Unlike Tyler and Shelby which barely had anything in Kyoruji but they added things in to make Get very good, and they did not do this with Mike Evans. To the extent of sticks and stones having a scene where Emily is trying to be all nice to Mike after he hurts his back and he fucking treats her like shit. She wanted to give you frozen peas to help your back, dude, and you're just yelling at her. I can legit think of only two moments where the show was hinting at a Mike and Emily relationship being a thing. And that is Last of the Rangers having Mike jealous of Scott because me and Emily have to be flirty with Scott because they're the girls. And Samurai just treats the girls very sexist.
2: Let's not sugarcoat it. It's ass.
1: I feel like this is only the case because this was filmed last. So they already filmed their endgame where they put Mike and Emily together. So they added stuff in (laughs) after the fact. Even though this is supposed to be during season one. Even though it's clearly filmed during season two. The other scene I can think of is trading places when the two are chummy. And Emily is supportive of Mike. And she hypes him up. But yeah in the finale when everyone's going their separate ways. Mike's decides to go. Of Emily to visit her dead sister and then we get a close-up of them holding hands and smiling. The romantic arc of the century, people! So one positive potato I have for Mike and Emily is they kind of have a good moment in Clash of the Red Rangers when Mike is jealous and he says, Wow.
0: I feel so bad for him.
1: I still don't trust him. And I don't like the way he looks at you.
0: He's wearing a helmet.
1: How could you tell? <laughs> I could just tell that's kind of a good line. I will admit. Alrighty, Austin, what is your number five?
0: My girl, my number five is Calvin and Haley from Ninja Steel.
1: Haley and Calvin
2: were fighting. So what then? Are you saying we're done? They broke up. Fine then. Soon Haley regretted it.
0: Can either of you tell me who these characters are outside of them being a couple? i'll wait calvin was into cars i guess and Haley
2: has a super cute dog who literally disappeared about halfway through the season
0: literally their only personality traits i like cars I have a dog. We're a couple. So one
1: dimension. But we do know they be fucking though. That was confirmed that they are fucking. In the Chattergrid story, there's a scene where Calvin talks about having a dream about Victor becoming president. And then Haley was like, he woke up screaming. She knows when he screams. Yeah. And this was written by Becca and Alan.
2: They do be fucking. Congratulations on the sex. That's your best trait.
0: I'm just saying the fact that Ninja Steel was so dry that in the series finale, it has to be a big conflict that these two broke up because there's nothing going on. I wanted a lot more for them because they are cute and I will say that the actors do have chemistry.
1: They have good chemistry and they're good actors. It's just they didn't really have any content except for the generic. Oh, Calvin forgot their anniversary.
2: We had to fucking deal with all that Sarah bullshit. I would rather just had more Haley time. Whatever I got of Haley, I like her. They just don't do anything. They're just there. They are so cute together.
0: And that's my positive potato. They do have really good chemistry as actors, but the characters are
1: just not there. That's just Ninja Steel's problem in general. They're very base characters. There's no flavor. Amber, what is your number five? (laughs) My
2: number five is Nick and Madison.
1: Gotcha. Oh no,
0: get that thing away from me.
1: Oh, come on, Nick. Don't be shy.
0: Me? I'm not the one who's always hiding behind that camera. (laughs)
2: I'm not
1: hiding. I've watched you, Madison. You're so busy filming other people having fun. You never get out there and have fun yourself
2: and these are my reasons i don't have positive potatoes i'm sorry how is this not nick nick because we all know that nick only loves himself madison is kind of a blank slate but that's fucked up that her only jobs are vita's sister and nick's woman and i don't have positive potatoes because there's nothing positive about this relationship
1: unless you want to say that it is positively awful speaking of positively sucky things let me talk about my number four which is jake and gia from power rangers megaforce that's why everyone loves me except for some really stubborn people aka probably one of the most problematic relationships in the franchise because let's talk about how these two are introduced so jake and gia's relationships starts off with jake literally looking into the hallway at gia and we just see a close-up of her ass just set the tone for the whole fucking season to be honest and then later on he literally calls her difficult because she won't give him the time of day are you kidding me and then he gets rewarded also we talked about how it's sex it is. Let's talk about how creepy it is. So Gia, for the most part, is shown not to be interested in Jake for pretty much all of Megaforce and Super Megaforce, but that won't stop Jake. Gia pretty much says, thanks, not interested, but Jake keeps on doing it, and it's portrayed of her trying to be hard to get. What's even worse is that Gia kisses Jake on the cheek in Legendary Battle for no reason. That came out of nowhere. Just like, oh, the season's over. I guess we gotta have Jake and Gia together, even though we didn't really do anything to get those two together. Maybe Maybe if we got development for Jake where he sees that he's being a creep and he softens up and acts less creepy around Gia and Gia sees that and appreciates it and the two eventually do get closer together. But no. I will give him the one credit. He's better than Mike. Mike is awful. He's one of the worst Green Rangers. <laughs> so I guess I'll talk about my positive potato. Thank God they changed the body swap from what they did in Go Gokaiger because there's a green and yellow swap in that episode. So if they followed that to the T we would have gotten a creepy Jake scene where he he's in Gia's body and he says I get to look at myself naked that would be a funny thing with Tyler and Shelby but not with Jake and Gia's Alrighty, so that was my number four Austin what is your number four
0: my number four and uh, I'll say this is pretty low on my list and I feel like it's gonna be higher on other people's is Nate and Zoe wait I have another idea how about this picture yourself sitting in the gardens Watching the mayor sharing some chocolates with a dozen roses. Wait a
1: sec. That's heart-shaped.
2: Are you setting up a date?
0: It's okay, bro. Zoe told me you like each other,
2: so
1: I'm here to help.
0: I have a lot of feelings about this, and I'll get into it. But I still like them as characters, which is not really said about my other picks that are higher up. So that's why I put them at four. So let's talk about it. So Nate is a homosexual. And I know these seasons are written before they cast. They cast an actor who does play this role very queer, very gay, and that just does not make this romance believable whatsoever. And at least Nate still has his whole arc and stuff with brother, but Zoe literally does not get anything else except this romance. And my positive is that, yeah, I, I like them as individual characters, but they're just not a pair. This makes an no sense
1: both these characters had enough going for them that they didn't need this at least beast morphers
0: was building up to everything i'll give it to the writing that it is there but it's just not believable at all
1: it's just the way that abraham portrays me and
0: that's not a full-on dig at abraham as an actor because i think he's still a really good actor it's just some
1: people can't play roles that they aren't he was good with his stuff with steel oh yeah i like them as friends
2: nate and zoe is also my number four and my notes are what no really what baby no that is not a heterosexual man also this came way out of pocket also why couldn't they just be friends make it make sense
1: you got a positive potato
2: positive potato granted zoe got a shaft a lot this season so i think that's was them trying to do something with her but they just kind of left her wanting the entire time and it fucking sucks she's the only girl on the team she's the girlfriend we already had a romantic subplot with
1: Ravi and roxy which they did the same thing rangers can't date rangers and i did the same things with nate and zoe
2: the stuff that beast Morphers did Do well, they really didn't do well. Hell, I ship steel ice cream more than Nate Zoe. All
1: right, on to my number three, which is Lily and Theo from Jungle Fury. Well, what's so important? You have to make a mess. Sorry, it's the second Tuesday of the month. Lily and I always try a new lunch spot on the second Tuesday of the month. She's supposed to meet me right here at 12 o'clock. Oh, how cute. You guys have a standing date. It's not a date. Whatever. Just like hanging out. Uh-huh. It's not a date. These two have zero chemistry. Zero. So the basis of this romance begins in Dance of the Night Away, where Theo gets jealous of Casey after he tries to warm his way into going to their second Tuesday of the month dinner, which is not a date, but is. So Theo is jealous because he's, you <laughs> four foot nothing and obnoxious while Casey is hot and adorable but Lily then reveals she sees Casey like a younger brother so there's hope for the two getting together and of course this is never mentioned again till the finale which I guess they just start dating I guess so yeah no chemistry at all Lily has more chemistry with Casey which is appropriate because the two were dating when they were filming Jungle Fury alright positive potato I guess having the show not really focus on the romance besides one filler in the finale was good considering how bad the relationship was that's all i got
0: yeah there isn't much positive to say about that
1: Alrighty, so austin what is your number three my number three is
0: jake and gia which you kind of already covered the whole bases with these but yeah it's really just written and acted like it's supposed to be all cute and charming but it's just fucking creepy actually and it's literally jake's only personality trait and gia doesn't even have a personality trait She's just there to be ogled. She didn't even get a
1: focus episode. She just hot girl in leather. She doesn't have a single goddamn focus episode. <laughs> Not a single one. Emily has like five in Megaforce. Emma. Whatever.
2: We make that mistake so often. Doesn't matter. Doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> they really did say copy paste.
1: They gave us Mia to Gia and Emily to Emma. Sorry I confused them. I'm surprised the show didn't confuse them. But yeah, Emma got like five focus episodes in Megaforce because they decided to make a 50 episode Sentai 20 episodes. So they picked and choosed episodes and they ended up being a lot of pink focus episodes and then I guess they did the same for Super Megaforce too because they didn't adapt any of the Yellow Ranger focused episodes in those seasons. The
0: most focus that Gia gets is United We Stand.
1: And it's a shared focus episode so it really doesn't count.
0: I do really like that episode though. That's my positive potato.
1: Because I don't have any others. That's not really a
0: positive t- Yes it is because Gia Jake has to rub monster feet.
2: Some people dig it. They pay money for that.
1: Alrighty, Amber, what is your number three?
2: Mike, Emily. My two points are, Mike is a piece of shit who treats Emily like garbage. Emily, honey, I know the lights are on and no one is home, but you deserve someone better than this man, baby. Am I wrong? Someone's gotta be real there because she's not gonna understand nuances and subtleties. Emily is a lot like my two girl cats. They are very stupid. I love them, but there is nothing on going upstairs. So when they run into something, I've just gotta try to protect them and put pads. On to stuff.
1: Uh, Got anything else to say about Mike and Emily? I hate Mike. I
2: hold Mike to almost the same level as James Navarro. I just fucking hate him. No shame to Hector. I'm sorry, but I fucking hate Mike. Potato. I positively hate the absolute shit
1: out of him. So on to my number two, which is Nick and Madison. So beyond me hating Mystic Force this season again, like Lily and Theo really doesn't do anything for the romance. For one, the relationship is only focused on in the premiere and the finale. Like a lot of plot threads in Mystic Force and even then it's very shallow stuff. Also a good example of the relationship only being in the premiere and the finale is in Rock Solid where Nick pretty much shits on her for hiding behind a camera which leads to her being rash later on and getting herself turned into a stone statue aka one of her few focus episodes where she's a stone statue for half the episode. And relationship really doesn't have a satisfying conclusion Nick fucking leaves town and she's like come back for me. I'm like bitch what? Where the fuck is that coming from?
2: We've Need to start a support group for these girls who need relationship advice on
1: a final note don't ask me why but this ship is really popular on youtube based on what if you search nick and madison on youtube you'll get dozens of edited videos to lovey dovey music like kiss from a rose by seal there is a playlist with over a hundred videos featuring nick and madison can we watch them after we record oh my god all right one positive Potato for Nick and Madison is that I'm grateful this relationship wasn't shoved in my face. Like, I ever rewatch anything from Mystic Force. fucking watch Samurai before I ever watch Mystic Force again.
0: All right, Austin, what is your number two? My number two is Mike and Emily. I know we're beating a dead horse here. We really are. Y'all covered the full bases, but the sentence I wrote for negative is quote Mike is a fucking asshole, and I've actually come to stand Emily, and she can do so much better than his broccoli ass. <laughs> broccoli ass. My positive potato I wrote is that Emily falling on her face with the peas is a pretty iconic scene. And I bring that up because that's paired with Mike and it's her trying to help him. And he, again, being an asshole in that scene.
1: Here you go. Frozen peas? It's like an ice pack. I was accident prone as a kid. And it always healed me right up. Let me. No thanks. You really should. Mom- Okay? All right, Amber. What's your number two?
2: My number two is another one we've kind of beat around a dead horse about. Is Jake and Gia? Mine is wow, wow. I mean, there's more chemistry in Lucas hair gel, and that's Lucas and a cosmeceutical. And yeah, they're hot, but I'm not that shallow. A really easy thing that that could have happened would have been just them learning that they shared some interests. They listened to the same music or something like that. I don't give a fuck. Or they should have done an episode where she wasn't mad hot, and he's like, "No, I still like you." That would be gross, and also would have given her a fucking focus episode literally the best ranger of those five and not a single focus episode was given to her in either season she was in positive potato i think gia is hot the taste is there for him yeah that's it we've beat the dead horse into death it's mush on the ground
1: all right talking about beating a dead horse my number one is nate and zoe this one pissed me off for different reasons and it's kind of hard because this is rough for me because i love these two characters but they should not have been together they should not have put these two in a relationship because episode three has a really cute moment between the two where nate's talking about how he's lonely because his parents are never around and now that the rangers are their families but then the next episode we have to have nate Send zoe flowers anonymously. i'm like oh god what are they doing you turned a cute friendship into a creepy crush but then in the iconic sound of fury episode the two just so happened to bump into each other during a movie and we learned zoe fucking stalked Nate to find out when he went to go see this movie
2: nate hey zoe uh,
0: you're waiting to see nikki rev's new movie revenge of the hydra worm yeah <laughs> me too you like the hydra worm movies <laughs> oh, amazing A cheesy sci-fi film is just what I need to unwind.
1: Why can't people just
2: understand that boys and girls can just be
1: friends? you can just be platonic you know but thankfully for us Megan throws a wrench into this relationship by squealing to Commander Shaw who is against Rangers who's hooking up so we get a break from that for a little bit.
2: Thank you Megan.
1: That is until Secret Struggle where the two can't help to hide their feelings anymore and wear Commander Shaw down and the two end up dating for the rest of the season. So from this point on most of their scenes together are cringy and romantic crap and Zoe's character in journal after this goes down the tubes. All her focus episodes after this are fucking up like in finders keepers where she blows up reject ships and puts the compliance collar on keeper or in fossil frenzy where she fucking melted her brother's fossil with acid when she thought it was cleaning someone but that was kind of neat
0: why is that right there why do they have the same containers why is it turned around
2: what kind of chicken shit lab are you running
1: but of course she's the girl so she was blamed but let's be real though we all know why we hate this ship it's cause we wanted Nate to be gay it's not Because we wanted him to be gay, it's because he is gay. He is. You cannot convince me otherwise. We're introduced to this adorable baby and we see him being super sassy and flamey. And then all of a sudden, he's crushing on a girl. I mean, sure, on paper, this romance might be fine, but Abraham Rodriguez plays Nate very gay.
2: Also, to just call stuff out, Austin saw themselves on the
1: screen. So they started chasing after a girl. Why did we even need this though? We have a romance of the season with Robbie and Roxy. And they even do the same fucking rangers can't be rangers story arc the same arc twice in the same season nate didn't really need this either because he had his relationship with steel to focus on which thank god they didn't put a backseat to after they got together because i would have been pissed if they did that how dare you backseat the best
2: character in this whole fucking show
1: but yeah we wanted nate to be gay but now he can't because he's with zoe not that they were going to give him a boyfriend or anything at this point in the show they could have just left him alone like riley
0: especially because michael Tabor confirmed that he played riley gay on purpose we knew oh, we knew i appreciated the confirmation though it was validating
1: all righty so positive potato i like neat and zoe just not together i like them as friends and zoe's character was much better before she became Nate's girlfriend all righty that was my number one austin what is your number one my number one is
0: the anti-couple of my best number one it's jen and alex What are we going to do, Wes? What? Wes.
1: I mean, Alex.
2: Jen, let's just try and stay focused. Got it? I'm sorry, Alex. I didn't mean to... Just forget about it. (laughs)
0: Me too, bitch. My eye is twitching already. Alex is the biggest fucking asshole in the entire franchise, period. It's not even a contest.
1: This is another problem with scenes of the future. They kind of portrayed them changing time being the reason why Alex is such a douchebag. He was a douchebag before that, but okay. Changing the past doesn't change a personality trait like that. He could have been an asshole this whole fucking time. Changing the
0: past does not affect the future. Literally, the scene where Hulk tries to explain time travel in Avengers Endgame gave me a fucking nosebleed. Alex kind of gaslights the audience into thinking that he's a sweet and caring person because we see him propose to her and then he dies. And then when he comes back, he's just the biggest fucking asshole. And partially because he sees that Jen is so close to Wes instead of him. To the point where Jen calls him Wes
1: by accident in the cockpit and everything. I wonder how awkward it was though after she gave him back the engagement ring when they still had to work together.
2: I bet you in her head, she's like, I flicked my bean to your great, 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 great.
0: Something about Alex just rubs me the wrong way with sandpaper. I feel like he would domestically abuse someone. He does seem to have
1: very bad anger issues.
0: I do have a positive potato though. When Rancid killed him, he should have stayed dead. But then who would have sent them to Time Shadow? Literally anyone else.
2: Any idiot can press a button.
0: Another positive that I'll say is that the whole uh, Destiny arc pisses me off, but it does add drama.
1: All right, Amber, do you have anything to say about Alex and Jen before we wrap this shit up since that's your number one too? Here are my notes. Alex is a fucking dick. Jen
2: deserves better. It's pretty bad when the upgrade is so bad that you got to go back to the previous version. But that's really it.
1: All righty, so that's the end of our ranking for canon romances. So what did you think of our ranking? Did our top five best and worst romances match? yours tweet us at the grip yard to tell us your best and worst romances we'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the grip but until then everybody say bye. bye 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 bye
0: this has been a morphin legacy production bitches